0: Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast that talks about the topics, trends, and issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava, and with me is our co-host, Stephen Maddolf.
1: Well, hello again, Tony. It's so good to be with you. I've really been enjoying these sessions as we record some Mm -hmm. of these topics and conversations we've been having, and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully helpful to those who are listening right. to us out there. <laughs> uh, of, of course, we want to do that. And I think today's topic that we're going to talk about hopefully yeah. should kind of really be in the nuts and bolts of missions for uh, churches that support missions, as well as then as a byproduct it impacts the missionaries that are going to them to Absolutely. pick up their support right. from them. Mm-hmm. What we want to put on the line today is kind of talking about church mission policy. Mm. Now, I know whenever you talk about putting together policy, you know, that that's not Eyes much fun. Eyes <laughs> <over. laughs> yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's sort of like... Oh, Grab just, a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, sigh. But it really is something that's very important, and and as you, both you and I travel to churches, and I think we both could see that there's a lot of churches that are just kind of feeling their way through missions and what, what missions program at their church is all about. Mm-hmm. They don't have a real structure. They don't have a real missions policy. Mm-hmm. I tend to think having a policy helps helps kind of give a direction on what that church is going to look like in regards to right. missions.
0: Right. So when you when you say they don't have a a structure and all, let's be clear in this in this sense. They are supporting missionaries, yes. they're involved in the Great Commission and they're actively reaching out not only to their community but around the world, but somewhere along the line either maybe because of time or maybe they just never thought about it that there should be probably a written policy regarding how they conduct missions and what missionaries they're going to support what type of missions ministries are they going to support and for how long a lot of things that uh, you know i think we just maybe don't think of until all of a sudden we have to deal with it
1: exactly right exactly well that's exactly right that's almost how how most policies get written right <laughs> in fact but as we kind of go through some of these and i hope it helps kind of kind of get the juices flowing for those who listen about uh, about church mission policies. You know, let's start with this question. What does a church support with its missions dollars? Right. Now, you and I know that there are a lot of great mission programs, missionaries, outreaches, agencies around the world that are doing something for the cause of Christ.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: But a church just can't pick up every single Good mm-hmm. cause that's out there yeah. that's wrapped in the name of Christianity. and I'm not right. saying that as a you know, kind of sarcastic. I'm just you can't just pick up everything that's out there mm-hmm. doing. So a church has got to have some kind of focus, some direction. What do you think about it? what what are some of the things that I think a church should consider?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's really important that you decide that in advance because if you don't, uh, personal experience that i've I've seen happen is, and I think you have as well, um, if you don't decide in advance what kind of ministries are we going to support, you begin supporting based on personality rather than on what you're really trying to accomplish with your mission's dollars. And and that's not always entirely a bad thing, but I think it's better if we have a policy uh, because there may be somebody who comes in who's going to be doing something that you as a pastor say, would not be completely comfortable supporting, but this person has such a great personality. They're able to present their burden in such a way that they really connect with people. And now the church says, well, how come we don't support them? Yep. But if you have a policy in place, you can say, well, this is our mission's policy that we've already discussed, and, and this is what we do. And I'm not trying to say that we should create policy just so that we eliminate people <laughs> who we're going to support. That's obviously not it. But so that we really do focus our 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 finances and invest in those things where we have taken some time and got with the lord and decided this is the direction the lord is leading our church to to be involved in ministry for example i don't think it's just because we're with baptist international missions and that our emphasis is church planting i do believe that every church be, not because i believe it but because i believe the bible teaches that mm-hmm. that missions is primarily a church planting effort. Yes. And everything should either be directly church planting or point to church planting in a very real way. So, church planting, are you going to support church planting? If so, is it to the exclusion of everything else or are there some other things you would consider?
1: That's right. And, you know, in, in some of our pre- previous discussions, we even talked about what does that look like even further as far as domestic. Church right. planting, mm-hmm. international church planting, mm-hmm. and just kind of what does that look like for a church in a practical way as far as its dollars, mm-hmm. how they're going to put their resources into that. BIM, of course, is church planting. That's mm-hmm. what we do. If someone's right. going to come with us as a mission agency, they have to have, at their core, we are going to, wherever we're going to go for the serve of the Lord, start a church and, and do right. things that are in conjunction with church ministries, because mm-hmm. obviously we have single ladies and things like that, So, but they're going to go to assist in the planting of those churches and, right. and whatever that looks right. like. But mm-hmm. there are so many other things. I mean, yeah. think about Christian humanitarian ministries, mm-hmm. orphanages, right. children's homes, hospitals. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are necessary things. Absolutely. And we're not in any way diminishing those because those are valued things. I mean, some of mm-hmm. our missionaries have... Children's homes and yes. hospitals, mm-hmm. and and things. But some churches, you know, may want to just look at what what are we going to do? Are we going to support orphanages, right, or not? Uh, are we only going to support orphanages that are started out of churches, or mm. are we just going to support the orphanage that's on its own, kind of its own entity, doing a great work, and and is trying to give the gospel out, mm-hmm. not just take kids off the street, but give them the gospel, raise them up in an environment in which they're going to be te- taught Jesus Christ. Right. You could have all your mission resources Just be plugged into those kind of things. Easily, easily. Absolutely. And and there
0: is a need for those things. Nobody, I don't think anybody would argue, well, there's no need for an orphanage or there's no need to meet the medical needs of people. Jesus healed people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus uh, said, suffer the little children. You know, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000. You know, I mean, we can go on and on and on. Right. Uh, But I think it's important to recognize every time he did that, it tied back into the gospel. And you mentioned that as well, uh, that it has to be gospel-centric. There has to be at the core of what you're doing a gospel presentation. And I like, you know, RBI, my missionaries that will have medical ministries, for example, uh, we just sat a couple weeks ago with our directors at director's meeting, and you remember, I, th- I think it was our South American director who talked about the medical missions mm. that they do in the Amazon, and he said, you know, wh- one of the things that happens is every patient that comes through the clinic gets sat down with, and-, and they get a face-to-face presentation of the gospel before they can ever go through the whole process of the medical uh, ministry. And that's so vitally important. Personally, I do think that you want to tie that back to a local church. I know that in South America they're doing that. Right. But as a church, you may decide, well, it doesn't have to be tied to a local church because there are those ministries out there that aren't necessarily tied to a local church. Maybe they're pointing people to a, a local church in their area later on. And and that's why you have that policy to decide which way you're going to go. I think another example as we talk about these things is are you going to support not just— missionaries and, and orphanages and things. What about a mission board, for example? You know, BIMI. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we are a faith-based organization. We're so thankful for those churches who have decided to partner with not just BIMI missionaries, but to partner with what we call the home office and to help support the day-to-day operations. Because really, we have very, very little People, uh, amount of people here at BIMI who are actually paid staff members. Mm-hmm. For example, as field directors, this is a common thing that I run into, that you run into, that all our directors, even our our president and general director, our vice president, uh, Dr. Godfrey, Dr. Snyder, as our president, they all think, "Oh, you're with BIMI, you've got it made, your salary is paid." The the church that we joined here in the area when we moved to Chattanooga they were absolutely dumbfounded to find out that BIMI didn't pay us a salary, that we were going to have to go out and raise support. So would you support a a field director or would you just say no? I think you and I can say we are directly related to church planting and helping church planters. This isn't about us raising support. It's just another thing out there. This is why you have a policy and decide these things.
1: With my... uh local church that I am a part of here in the Chattanooga area, they're formulating their missions policy. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that came up was how much of our resources are going to go towards uh, church planting and e- direct evangelism, mm-hmm. and then how much we're gonna go, is going to go towards kind of those ancillary ministries, such as BIMI and field mm-hmm. directors like ourselves. And we kind of figured out a percentage okay, we're going to have X amount of percent of our missions budget is going to go towards kind of these ancillary services. And then we want to put X amount of percent into our budget into direct church planting. And then Mm -hmm. we want to do so much into international church Mm -hmm. planning, so much into domestic church planning, so on and so forth. Because it's so helpful to that pastor to have a missions policy that Can use to kind of give him some direction on what to do because every pastor is gonna get bombarded with phone calls Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good things I mean to just continue some of the options and opportunities out there Christian assistant agencies you know you think of Bible printing companies sure oh my word we definitely need copies of the Word of God (laughs) to be put into the hands of people someone's got to print those things right tract printing ministries Mm -hmm. uh, radio ministries well all of these need support by s- churches. Right. And so the, the question comes into as far as are we as a church going to have a policy that we will do this? Mm-hmm. And I think also the second question is how much of our church missions mm-hmm. resources will go towards mm-hmm. such things? Because, yeah. again, you could fill your entire budget with these yeah. these other things that mm-hmm. assist church planting but maybe not be directly Church planting or evangelism.
0: Yeah, I think I think another another one of those categories is our churches by and large tend to be patriotic and see the the need to have a strong military and support our military and go out of their way to show their their um, thanks for military members so on and so forth. But I think one of the things uh, that that our churches maybe they don't even recognize exist is this need for military ministry. BIMI. We have a whole division. Um, you know, we have our field director, who's the the military director, and these are men and their families who go off and plant a church on a base or very near a base, minister primarily to, not exclusively, but primarily mm-hmm. to the ministry or to the military rather, and, and and try to reach into the local community as well. Um, but they're going to be a case where you're going to always be needing to support that ministry because that church is going to have a nucleus and a core that's going to last for about four years before yeah. everybody gets their orders and ships out again. You have to ask yourself, are we willing to invest basically forever in a military ministry that even if that that particular missionary you have—what uh, happens when his base closes? You know, we just were talking not too long ago with our military director, and he said, "You know, pray for this particular missionary. His base is closing. Mm-hmm. So basically, the military has decided we're going to move all our personnel. Well, where does that church go? Uh, you know, he may have to follow to wherever they go, and uh, so he's going to always be in this case where he always needs support. and And are you going to are you going to support that kind of ministry?" that's a lot of of options right there and a good reason why you would have a church policy uh, on missions. But but other things as well um, that maybe you need to just uh, flesh out and put on paper and decide in advance. We have to decide what agencies are we going to work with? What agencies are we not going to work with? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, sometimes that comes down to personality. And I think that is the Again, I understand some of that's necessary, but I think it's the least thing we should consider. I'd like to think that I could work with most anybody who is trying to get the gospel out, trying to start churches, and uh, you know we would learn to just get along if we couldn't get along. I hope so. Leave personalities to the to the bottom of it, but if you don't have a policy, usually that's what rises to the top. Absolutely. So, do we go with philosophy, or I think more importantly? Do we line up doctrinally?
1: Of course. There there are so many good mission agencies out there. Now, obviously, we're going to be biased, and we're going to say that BIMI is the best, and I believe that mm. or else I wouldn't be working exactly. here. Right. So there is, though, the question. Some churches have decided, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we only work with certain mission agencies mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because maybe it is doctrinal or maybe it is philosophy, whatever. But it's just good to have it down in policy. Then also to dovetail off of that, is the question, about do we take non-mission board uh, missionaries, those who are just sent out of their local church? Mm -hmm. Some churches have decided we're not going to do that because maybe they don't like that there's not a kind of system of accountability in place. And Mm -hmm. so churches like, well, no, because they don't have an established, credible uh, accountability, we're not going to support them. And they have that as a policy. Mm -hmm. Others are like, hey, we don't have a problem with that. And again, it is just good to kind of come up with some decision Right. because you're going to get that phone call from a missionary who's from a mission board or from maybe a mission board that you don't know much about. Well, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have that guy who calls you to seek a, uh, a meeting with you who is just out of his local church. Well, right. what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to... Processing and deciding, and let's formulate a missions policy that helps guide us through these. Because over the years, you're going to get hit up with all of these uh, phone calls of asking people people asking to come in to your Mm -hmm. church. I think uh, just another thing, you know, when you think about all that you're going to support, the question is then, how do you then take them on for support? (laughs) What is the process by which? Mm a church finally says, this is a missionary or a mission agency or whatever that we want to financially partner with and be tied to. Mm. You and I have both seen it. Here's the yeah. kind of common scenarios. Church A, the pastor just gets up there and says, hey, we're going to take this missionary on for support. Right, yeah. So then, boom, he's instantly a part of that new that church program. But then you have others that it's a process where it's like they put it to a church vote. Mm-hmm. Hey, all in favor of taking on Missionary X for support. Raise your hand or say amen or whatever mm-hmm. that they want to do. So those are two different structures of kind of how yeah. that happens.
0: Both valid, valid ways to do it, by the
1: way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, it comes down to? Church policy. Church policy and coming up with something so that
0: guides you. Yeah, because that policy keeps you consistent. If, if you do it the same way over and over again, it's not to say no one's ever going to get upset, but it, it helps to keep people from getting upset. Uh, upset when they don't have to. You can say, look at this. This is the policy. This is what we've decided on as a church. And so we've kind of focused on how this would help a pastor, but it also helps the pastor in this sense, because it helps the church understand this is what we have decided as a church to do. And so, you know, when you bring somebody in and how you're going to vote on them, or you're not going to vote, like you said, or maybe you do it, maybe it's not just the pastor. What we chose to do as a church in Arizona was the pastor and the deacons kind of decided, okay, these are these are the candidates that we are going to support. And then we just brought that before the church not as a vote, but basically as an affirmation of of what we were what we were doing as a church to keep them on board to help them understand this what we were doing with the missions dollars and get them excited about taking on new missionaries. But then comes the question, all right, this is the policy of how we have partnered with somebody. What happens in that case, and hopefully they're far and few between, but what happens in that case, in the case when the partnership has to be dissolved? Hmm. And how do you present that to the church? Uh, I think we have pretty strong opinions on how you do that. I would guess I would just say I hope it would mirror the process of taking them on.
1: Yeah, because if a pastor or, or church leadership says, all right, this is the decision we're going to take this missionary on, mm-hmm. and the church just kind of ratifies it or affirms mm-hmm. it. Well, then when you have to drop that missionary, I think you can then say that the kind of the pastor has that decision to say, hey, we're going to drop it. Right. But if a church goes the vote route mm-hmm. and says, okay, let's all vote that we will partner with this missionary, well, then when something, you know, maybe they're resigning for whatever mm-hmm. reason. There's lots of reasons why someone can resign off the mission sure. field. We can mm-hmm. do a whole episode just on on that, and not even scratch the surface. But does that church have a vote to kind of, yeah, let's we're in agreement, let's drop this missionary or mm-hmm. you know discontinue our partnership with them, and it just keeps them in the loop because they're a part of the loop of the absolutely support process. Let's yeah. keep them in the loop mm-hmm. for the kind of the discontinue of that support process. Yeah. And again, we I I know it's kind of repetitive, but it goes back to if you can formulate a policy that just guides you in this. Mm-hmm. It just helps to give you a way through navigating all the different scenarios that may pop up. Now, not everything, of course, but it sure gives you comfort and guide through it. Even, let's just say someone has to come off the field for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. What does that church then do after he comes off the field? Do we continue supporting him for even a short time as in that transition
0: Right, mm-hmm.
1: I know lots of uh, churches that may help a bit. Like we'll support you for three months, mm-hmm. unless it's a, do- a moral failure. Some I've heard like we're done, you know, discontinue. But then there's again it goes back to policy. Even if you want to right. do it, we'll support you for three months mm-hmm. as you transition back to the states. Then our our yeah. our uh, yeah. support of you discontinues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think this is why every church has to have its own policy. For me, you mentioned moral failure. Let's first of all, be clear. The vast majority of missionaries who come off the field don't come off the field because of a moral failure. Absolutely. But it happens just like it happens everywhere in the world. And that's unfortunate. We decided as a church, we would not immediately discontinue because why should your family suffer further the financial loss as well and going through that very, very difficult process. And so we decided, yes, we're going to have to dissolve the partnership, but we wanted to make sure that we did everything to bring reconciliation to that family mm-hmm. and get them back home. Hopefully they could get into counseling and, and resolve that and see a reconciled marriage and family again. But to add the stress of now we don't support you any longer, get home on your own when you're halfway around the world, just didn't make sense to us. Again, that was our policy. Somebody else may say, no, we just cannot give any more money to that. I respect that completely, but have it written down because that's when emotions run high. And and if you don't have it written down in advance... As a church, you're going to put yourself through some turmoil that you don't need to if you have just in advance said, you know, this is how we handle these situations. It's written right here, and that's what we decided on way back when, when we would encounter these situations. This is how we handle it. It makes it so much easier.
1: Oh, it really does. And I think the heart of what we're trying to communicate as we just talk about these things is really helping that pastor and that church. Mm with how to structure their missions program, and, and there's so many different things. What do you do with retired missionaries? What do you do with widows, mm. you know, of, of maybe that missionary husband has passed on? Okay, what do you do with... I mean, there's so many different areas, and we're. I know it's in our intent to talk about such those topics very specifically in the near future, but there is no doubt I find, personally, I find great comfort in having policy Yeah, because that just helps dictate. Let me share one story. When uh, There was a church that supported me for many, many, many years uh, when I was in Australia as a, as a missionary. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, they were the first church that picked me up for support mm-hmm. way back when. In 1999, when I started deputation, they were the very first church that I went to and the very first church that picked me up for support. Through the years, uh, I had preached three missions conferences for them. They had come out to Australia to preach for me, Mm -hmm. the pastor, and he even brought not only the pastor, but then a couple of his, uh, he brought a deacon and he brought uh, his assistant pastor. And they came out to Australia to be with me. They flew me in from Australia one time to preach their missions conference. Mm -hmm. So there was a very good relationship there. Well... When the Lord moved me from Australia to here in the United States, hmm. they were one of the first churches to call me to say, hey, look, brother, we love you, but our policy is we do not support, with our missions dollars, uh, board, you know, field uh, directors or board staff or things like right. that. So, of course, I was a bit stunned. Oh, man, it, it hurt because that was a loss of a, right. a supporting church. But I understood that they weren't yeah. making this based on personality because mm-hmm. I knew if it was based on personality, they would have taken me, kept me going. But mm-hmm. they had a policy, and that helped guide that church right. in, that, in that decision. So even though it was a tough decision, they had a policy that that church voted on, had agreed upon, and that was their yeah. guide. And I can understand that. I, I don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. I understand and I understand why that a decision like that had to be made sure.
0: And that's a great point. We're we're pretty much out of time here, but you know, we focused on how that policy helps the the church and the pastor, but this is a podcast about missionaries as well, and it really does help a missionary if a church has a written policy. And and I think it's a good idea just to think about this if if you have a written policy before you take a missionary on have him look at that and say you know this is our policy do you agree with it and these are the things that we expect from you these are the things that you can expect from us as a church as a partner in ministry and and it really does and your example your your example is perfect you know your illustration that didn't dissolve your friendship with that right. pastor in that church uh, it just dissolved the partnership the financial partnership i i don't know because I don't even know the church name or the pastor name that you're speaking about, but I'm guessing you still have people in that church who pray Mm -hmm. for you on a regular basis. You still have a great relationship, but policy was in place, and it really helped to uh, eliminate the hard feelings or the hurt feelings that would have come out of it. And so um, it's work. It takes a lot of effort to sit down and think these things through. I would say this, if you're formulating a church policy, go to BIMI.org. And under Resources, look for a church mission policy. And years ago, Dr. Ray Thompson, who is with the Lord now but was one of our uh, vice presidents here, uh, took the time to write down not a church missions policy, but some questions that you should consider. And I think it's a good starting point and could be a help to you. So if you're looking for that, uh, we hope that that can be a help to you. We want to thank you for listening uh, to this podcast this week. We hope it's been a help to you. Uh, if if you have enjoyed the podcast, would you do us a favor and just either maybe like us or uh, give us a star rating or tell somebody else about the podcast? We enjoy the emails that we've been getting telling us to Continue on. That's an encouragement to us. And we just hope that this is a help and a blessing to you. Uh, until that time, if you need to reach us, it's uh, Tony Balaba, Far North Director at BIMI.org, or Stephen Madoff, SEA Director at BIMI.org. You can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week in the Lord.